0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, we thank you so much that you have blessed us. In the world's economy, we are kings. We are rich beyond belief. Would that we would use this blessing to do your work and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, I just wanna thank Pastor Kurt for giving me this opportunity to stand before you. I remember when uh, Janet and I first started coming here, uh, used to sit behind the pillar there right behind John And I really thought that my preaching days were over, and here I am. And it really is a privilege to be able to stand where Kurt stands every Sunday. So, I just have one single verse that I want to read to you this morning. It's from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. So, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to look there. I'm actually going to read this one single verse. We're going to look at other verses as well, but I'm going to read this, first of all, from my favorite version, which is the New King James. So, Joe, I don't know where you are, but you should have given me an amen there. And then I want to read it from the Message. And then I want to read the same verse from the Living Bible. Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 12. Listen to what Solomon said. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And now listen from the message. Eugene Peterson translates it this way. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn life around. Isn't that good? And then, for those of you that remember the 70s, the Living Bible, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come true at last, there is life and joy. May God bless the reading of his word. So, I was a kid in the 60s um, And my mom was very strict about the amount of television that we could watch. I have two brothers, Dan, Doug, and Dave. And she would tell us that you can watch one hour of television every day and that's it. So we got to pick, you know, and we would do crazy things like use our allowance to try to buy off the other person so we could watch the show that we wanted to watch. But I remember, and maybe some of you remember, there was a black and white show uh, in the 60s and it was called I Dream of Genie. Remember that show? Um, I almost thought it would be appropriate for Billy to play that on the piano, but not now, Billy, <laughs> but maybe later. But if, if you remember the show, there was, there was Major Nelson, and he worked, uh, he was in the Air Force, but he was also in the early days of the space program, so he goes up and sums. I don't remember which mission it was. And, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, and this supposedly happened just the other side of, of this, your state here, my state now. And there was, the, the very first one, There's some sort of problem, his capsule gets off course, he ends up crash landing, he ends up on some remote desert island, not sure what to do, and he comes across a bottle. And he opens that bottle and out pops this beautiful girl that tells him he can have anything he wants, any wish that he wants. I dream of Jeannie. We know that that's pure fantasy, and no such bottle exists, it doesn't exist. You, you can't just get whatever you wish for. The person that came the closest to this would be Solomon, and I encourage you sometime later today, check out First Kings chapter 10, because the author of 1 Kings tells us about Solomon. He was the richest man that ever lived. Port Royal would be a ghetto compared to Solomon. Aqualane Shores, no, the other side of the tracks. Solomon had more gold than anyone. He had servants. Did you know Solomon had a navy? In fact, his reputation was so amazing that some scholars believe Solomon's reputation actually made it made it all the way to what is today, China. Solomon had literally everything any one of us could ever want. So he comes the closest to having that wish. Haddon Robinson, Dr. Haddon Robinson, was my homiletics professor at Denver Seminary. And every week, he would walk in our classroom, there were about 20 of us, and he would say, if you cannot explain to the congregation what you're going to preach on in one sentence, you're not ready to preach. That's really scary. And so he would call it the elevator pitch, you know, when you get in an elevator and you're just there for a couple of seconds, and someone, you know, turns to you and says, what are you preaching on this Sunday? You have to say it in a sentence. So here's my sentence. What do we do when we are running low on hope? What do you do when you don't have any more hope? Now, I I want to um, just, forgive me, but let me just do a little classroom stuff here. Hope is always future tense. So hope is always out there. It's, It's always something we're, we're wishing for we're hoping that it happens desire is the motivation to see the hope fulfilled desire is always present tense so hope is future tense desire is present tense it's easy to get them confused and what i want us to do this morning is i just want us to look At three aspects of this one verse. I want us to look at hope, deferment, and then I want us to take a look at desire. So I tried to come up with three D's and I couldn't. So hope, deferment, and desire. You know, there's different kinds of of Sunday morning speakers and I don't want to be that guy who just nitpicks every single word and pulls it out and talks for an hour about one word. But I have to tell you, I was amazed as I did a little study this week, in the Hebrew word for hope, it has to do with expectation and it is very closely related to wish. And I want you just to think for a second, right now, don't say it out loud, what is the thing right now that you are wishing for? What is the thing that you're hoping for? For many of us, it's health, right? It's our physical health. I wish that when the doctor called me tomorrow morning, it's not cancer. Or, I wish the one wayward child that I have Would Come home. I wish my noisy next-door neighbors would move (laughs) And I could have some new neighbors. It's hypothetical It's a wish Paul tells us in first Corinthians that there are three major pillars in the Christian life faith hope and love of course he says the greatest is love and That's what we have going here at Naples Community Church is so much love, but hope. It's really important that every one of us has something to look forward to. I think we all need something that's just out there, and it's gonna be different for me than it is for you. I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a night person. If you ever invite me to uh, an NCC party, and you look at your watch, and it's 9 o'clock, and you can't find me, that's because I did what's called an Irish goodbye. And I will secretly leave, and you'll never know it. Because after 9 o'clock, I'm good for nothing. I am a total morning person. I'm usually up at 5 a.m. It's my time of day. I like to go for walks in the dark, because then nobody bugs me. And um, I walk the dog every morning very early in the morning around our little circle in our little condo development and there are other people that walk the development in the morning as well but we kind of have this unspoken rule that you don't talk to one another all right so we usually just pass each other and you know i kind of wave and i know everybody's names and everybody knows me and i'm going to change your name because this is broadcast all over the planet but This past week, I was walking my dog and having my time of prayer and kind of just getting my spiritual life together. And one of my neighbors, we'll just call her Willie, not her real name, starts yelling at me and says, Dan, Dan, come over here. And I'm annoyed because that's my quiet time. So we met in the middle of the street. And it's dark. And I don't want, you know, to have a conversation because people are still sleeping. And she comes up to me, and tears are streaming down her face. We've, we haven't talked for five seconds in the two years that we've lived in this development. And she says to me, I was just diagnosed. She's holding my hand. I was just diagnosed with cancer. And I didn't know what to do. So I just asked her can I pray for you? And it just felt like the right thing to do. So I asked her if I could put my hand on her shoulder. And right there in the dark, early Monday morning, I just began to pray for this dear woman. And I just asked, Lord, give her hope. Give her something to look forward to. Dr. Robert Alden was my Hebrew teacher, and he says this in his book on Proverbs, hope is beautiful, but if it it is never fulfilled, one's hope can soon turn to bitterness. And we know people like this. We know people who have left the faith because the thing that they wished for didn't come true, and they've turned their back on God. Solomon says that hope deferred is a horrible thing, but we know that we need it. Now, let me talk about deferment. Deferment. The Hebrew word here literally means to drag away. Isn't that something? To drag away. So, if you have hope in something and then all of a sudden you see that that thing that or person that your situation that you're hoping in is slowly being dragged away from you and there's nothing You can do to get it back. It's it's the word to drag I don't know Syriac, but it's closely related to Hebrew and the Syriac version of deferment of this word has to do with shriveled fruit, shriveled fruit, not freeze-dried fruit, shriveled fruit, worthless fruit. Do you ever feel like that some days? A piece of shriveled fruit. That's what Solomon is talking about here. He says, hope that has been drug away from you, that you've, you've lost your hope. It's like shriveled fruit. I can't believe this is in the Bible, but the Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 27, you're gonna think that I'm making this up. I'm not, I'm reading it from the Bible. This is what the Apostle Paul says. You wanna talk about your hope being drug away? Listen to this, Paul says to the Corinthians, Corinthians, I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door, time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling year, in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country. This is in the Bible. Endangered by desert sun and sea storm and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. Welcome to church, (laughs) because we all are a part of what I call the deferment club. Listen, it wouldn't be appropriate for a Sunday morning right now. Let's keep this professional, but there are things in my life that I'm hoping for that haven't come true. Things that can shake me to my very foundation, there have been times in my life where I have questioned, the very goodness of God. Oswald Chambers is a great author. Read everything you can by this man. Listen to what Oswald Chambers says. He says, when it comes to suffering, you're not going to like this, it is a part of our Christian culture to want to know God's purpose beforehand. In the history of the Christian church, the tendency has been to avoid being identified with the sufferings of Jesus Christ. People have sought to carry out God's orders through a shortcut of their own. God's way is always the way of suffering, the way of the long road home. You don't hear that a lot of times in church, do you? Well, you do at this church. You know, we're, we're we're taught that our lives we're always supposed to be happy. You know that we're just supposed to speak our happiness into existence. It doesn't work that way. I was listening to one of my favorite radio talk show hosts on my way home, actually from this church uh, earlier in the week, and it turns out this is a true story that the patriarch of Jerusalem. For the Orthodox Church, Theophilus III has gotten in touch with Hamas, with the leaders of Hamas. And he has offered himself in exchange for all the children that were kidnapped. And I about drove off Davis into a ditch when I heard this. How can that be true? Because I immediately thought that if he were to go through with this, this man would be tortured beyond belief. And yet, he said that that is the way of the Christian. It is the way of suffering. We don't like to hear that. I don't like to preach that. But we all know that it is in those moments that we are at our wits end that Jesus shows up. I've only lost my job one time in 40 years of working, there's only been one time where I have lost my job and had very little. And I know this may sound chauvinistic. I don't mean it that way. But as a guy, my job is who I am. Sorry, it's part of who we are as guys. So ladies, uh, we try to be different, but it's difficult. You have a very difficult time separating a man from what he does. And it is the scariest thing in the life of a man with young children, especially in a a mortgage payment and a car payment, to lose his job. And I remember years ago, when I lost my job, I thought I'm at the very bottom. And I was. But you know who was there? Jesus Christ. In my darkest hour, Jesus was there. And I got to tell you, It wasn't so bad, after all. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But, now we come to the good part. A desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Why does Solomon uh, use the metaphor of a tree? Well, if you've ever been to Israel, or you've ever been to Naples in August, you know that there are two things that are very important in a hot place. Number one is water. And number two is a very large tree that you can sit under and find some shade. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm 1:3. David says, he or she, that is the person who seeks after the God of the Bible, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Desire. The Hebrew word is a strong emotional connection. That is the word that Solomon chose in this one tiny little proverb. That when that desire, that emotional connection is fulfilled, it's like you were on a hot day and you found a glass of cold water and a tree and you just... Or you know when you're outside and then you walk into Publix and it's it's air-conditioned and it's so wonderful Back in the 70s, Dr. James Dobson wrote a book entitled emotions. Can you trust them? It's a rhetorical question Dr. Dobson God bless him. Uh, he said no The book says you cannot trust your emotions. This book was written to religious people and he says, and I quote, Your emotions are suspect at best and often lie to you with a straight face, especially about spiritual matters. Now, Dr. Dobson knows way more than I do and has accomplished much more than Dan Edmondson, but I disagree. Do you know that the God that we serve is a God of emotion? God has emotions. Emotions. The difference between God's emotions and my emotions is that if God were driving in Naples, he wouldn't have the thoughts that I have. His emotions are under control. He's perfect. I'm not. But for the longest time, I don't want to beat up on the church, but the church has not done justice to this aspect of human nature. We are emotional people. You know, I was sitting right here as Dawn was up here singing the special music piece, and there was something that moved in my heart. I had hope. That's an emotion. That's okay. It's okay to be a human being. Now, we have to be careful with our emotions. I want to give you my scriptural desire filter. This is how I deal with my emotions most of the time. Number one, does my desire contradict the Word of God? If it does, then I set it aside. I don't pursue that desire. Number two, what do my most trusted friends say? You may be here this morning, and you might be thinking, Dan, I don't even have one trusted friend. Well, guess what? You're in the right church. Stick around for the next 10 minutes. What do my friends say? Every major desire that I have had in my life, I have run by my good friends. And if they say, Dan, you're out of your mind. I pause and I think about it. Number three, how does my desire square with my calling? You know, should the Lord, tarry and I die, whenever that date is, and I get to heaven, and I'm standing at the gates, Jesus is not going to say, Dan, welcome. Welcome, associate pastor of Naples Community Church. And then Ken Brandle, who, you know, cleans the parking lot every Sunday, Ken goes, stands before the gates, and Jesus says, oh, Ken, I'm sorry, but you were never a pastor. You just cleaned the parking lot purgatory for a thousand years that's not the way it works we get into heaven because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for every single person in this room how does my desire square with my calling yes I am called to be a pastor but you are called too All of us have callings. All of us have been called to something. My calling's different than yours. My calling's different than the calling of Pastor Kurt and others that have gone before us. We are simply answering a call. And I encourage you, if you are here this morning and your little flicker of hope is running low, renew your calling. Find out what that calling is. I don't care if you're in your 90s. You're still here. Your heart's still beating. You still have a calling. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember them. They wouldn't bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's idol. And so they were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace. I can guarantee you they were hoping that didn't happen. They were actually given the chance to recount and to renege on their faith. And if you have the time today, read what they said to the king. They said, listen, king, here's the thing. We hope that God delivers us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. You see, they could say that because their desire was for the God of the Bible. That's the same God that we serve today. I encourage you, kindle that desire. Let's get our hope back. Amen? Would you join me in prayer? Father God, thank you so much that you show up to this building every single Sunday we preach the word, we love on one another, we serve our community, as Pastor has mentioned. We are here to be people of hope, to impart hope to a world that has lost all hope. May we be people that In the dead of night, our neighbors say, I don't know what it is, but there's something about you. Lord, may we be a congregation of hope, and all God's people said. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.